everybody. Welcome to Space Whale City, where we're talking space whales 24-7 for all your space whale needs, the number one space whale podcast in the galaxy. I'm Peter, and I'm a misunderstood lumbering beast. He's Mike, and he's got a connection to gas, if you know what I mean. How you doing, Mike? Pretty good. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanding universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Special announcement for this episode. We're throwing up a mm-hmm. spoiler wall. If you have not yet watched the entire Rebels series, this is going to be an episode you don't want to listen to because we're going to be talking about the fourth season and some things that go up on it. So, spoiler wall from here on out, we're going to be talking the whole series. Yeah, this is this is rare. We try not to talk about things that haven't happened on the show yet, but I just think it is unavoidable for this one. So proceed with caution. AKA hold on to your butts. Nice. So let's first though, before we get to it, I think we should welcome in our guest that I think it's fair to say after her third appearance, she is officially our first friend of the pod, the Wookiee Gunner herself. Jonah Marie Masias, how you doing? Yay! Yay. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me three times. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, not that we wouldn't have you on three times, like anyway, but last time we had you on, you said, hey, I'm doing the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. That's tight. <laughs> so we're happy to have you though. Yeah, yeah. This episode was a must. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, before we get to it, what have you been up to since we last chatted? I heard you have a new podcast. Oh, yeah. So it's actually a new podcast name. So mm. it's the same. It's Rebels Chat. It's just it's a different name now. It's called Geeky Bubble. And the reason we decided to go with a different name is because we incorporated Star Wars Resistance into the chat now. So mm, with nice. Rebels, Resistance, and Clone Wars, we thought, yeah, we need to branch out of it here. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not just Rebels chat anymore. Um, and then we also just, as we talk as we talk about these episodes, we also toss in all these geeky references. So uh, I thought, you know, Geeky Bubble would uh, encompass all of that together. I like that. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, Fair thank enough. you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sweet. that's pretty much it. I don't think I've been up to too much lately. Recovering nice. from a sickness. No, <laughs> Now that we have that out of the way, are you ready to get down with the space whales, Mike? I am. John Marie, are you ready? I am super ready. Right. <laughs> with the space whales. I'm, oh. I'm there. Oh. <laughs> Let's soar from Wikipedia. Low on fuel and power in deep space, the ghost crew encounters massive, mysterious creatures whose lives are threatened by a mining operation. All right, we're Um, here. Yeah, so the crew is low on fuel and power, as mentioned, and it is freezing in the ghost. They're freezing their little booties off. Um, (laughs) They're in a asteroid field because they heard there's an asteroid gas refinery um, to obtain fuel supplies for them and Phoenix Cell, which is also low on fuel. 
It's just funny to me how fuel is such a common problem in Star Wars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like the coaxium thing in Solo, a Star Wars story, and the fuel, the low fuel in The Last Jedi. It's just, it's all about fuel. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's yeah, part we of... Yeah, we never heard anything about that <laughs> in the original trilogy. is never a thing. And then instantly now, it's the most important thing in the galaxy. Well, I'm wondering if that's because the original trilogy, which was a lot of like a political statement for George Lucas, like... Like worldwide fuel was not so much a conversation. Now that it is here, like it's reflective of uh, what's going on in our world, mm -hmm. and so you know, wars around fuel and you know, climate change. It all kind of ties into that. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're seeing so much of it in Star Wars now. Yeah. No war for coaxium. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see some of those influences. Um, mixing in with the story and and, and that's all going mm -hmm. good because it's that's how in reality it is we have to fight for resources yeah um i kind of like this setting it's it's interesting so it's an asteroid gas refinery so we see that the gas is actually housed in craters on the asteroid um and so that means that the asteroids some of the asteroids are big enough to have an atmosphere that hold this gas down um, yeah. inside of it, which is kind of a cool mechanic. There's, yeah. It's yeah. a little shaky on physics, I think, but Pablo Hidalgo actually said something interesting that there's a lot of things in this episode that are a little shaky in physics, but he brought up something I never thought about is like we in Star Wars, we see, you know, a person can be on Coruscant and send a real time communication to Tatooine just call them on the phone and if it's a tuesday on coruscant it's a tuesday on tatooine and then they're just like chatting in real time which is impossible in our physics yeah so that <laughs> implies which we've never really talked about that the physics of earth and our universe don't maybe necessarily apply to the star wars universe so hmm. it's something interesting to keep in mind yeah yeah it reminds me of a, an old a sci-fi show i used to watch and they were in orbit and the people down on earth had to contact the people in orbit and there was just like this 10 second delay or however however yeah. long it was and it was just so interesting to think about it in star wars because you could technically just call up anyone even in <laughs> hyperspace and still talk to them in real time <laughs> yeah and well this came up because the last episode we watched they flew near a black a bunch of imploding black holes yeah. which would get all interstellar on them and like Hera would come out 125 years old and like everyone else would have died by the time they got out of there. But if it was a real life, but you know, they just came out and it was totally fine. So just something to keep in mind. Do you know what's funny is before we actually get onto the mining, some of the things that are, I love about the opening shot is first of all, I love how cold they are and Kanan like clutching a cup of tea, like yeah. to keep warm. But also, you know, what's funny is that Hera says, and I'm like, is this a thing now that she's like a uh, a captain in the rebellion? She gets to say, but she says, "Cut the chatter." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. "Is that is that when you become like a, a high ranking officer in the rebellion?" They're like, "Okay, here are your wings. Also, you get mm -hmm. to say, cut the chatter' to people." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she also says, "I was going to bring this up later in the episode," but she also is like, "All right, diverting power to blah blah blah." Which I feel like is another thing they teach you in captain school. It's like, okay, if you ever need anything, just divert power from something else. Which is like, <laughs> I wish I could do that in my car. Like, oh, shoot, I'm low on gas. Divert power from the windshield wipers. Well, I mean, you you can. You just turn off your AC and go divert power from the 
the the coolant. Fair, I guess. Because it's taking gas. But you're physically, like, you want to be able to say it and then have it, you know, actually. <laughs> okay. So you want, like, I guess in my a, mind, you want, like, Alexa in your car to do that. Yeah. No, yeah. I guess in my mind, I was thinking, like, it wasn't just you turned off power to conserve it. It was like, all right, take out tire pressure and put it in the fuel tank. Because <laughs> hmm. I feel like that's how, kind of, how it works here. It's like, it's like, cut off the after deflectors and boost our engines it's like how are those two things related <laughs> no 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 diverting power the word diverting isn't adding it's it's like you know imagine all these streams of water flowing to different places it's like divert water from here it's like it's all coming from the same source it's just no longer going in that direction anymore mm -hmm. right right yeah i don't know i want my thing I'm getting really technical <laughs> <laughs> all right who wants to break the seal who wants to be the first one to talk about him? What the bloody places are those? Hergills. Huh? They'll rip the hull apart. Prepare to fire. We gotta drive them back. Don't shoot. They'll pass. Just let them do what they do. What they do is destroy starships like ours. We can't waste power fighting these things. What choice do we have? What well, we could just get out of their way. We either run into them or the asteroids. Take your pick. We finally see space whales. Mm-hmm. Ezra hears some high-pitched cries, and he doesn't know what they are. No one else hears them, but it turns out they're Pergil. Pergil. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Kanan, you know, he doesn't hear them, but he's willing to listen to what Ezra is saying. Like, yeah. he, they're, like he's not telling him, you know, you're, you're imagining it. Just let it go. <laughs> mm -hmm. he's, he's actually willing to listen. Totally. Mm -hmm. I found this other fun fact that because um, Hera's kind of freaked out by them and we'll figure out a little bit more why later on but this fun fact from StarWars.com is the cl correct plural for Pergil is Pergil. Hera incorrectly says Pergils the first time she sees them hmm. but according to StarWars.com quote to be fair there was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright well, at least they explained it. I forgot I forgot that and then when I heard her say it I thought oh my gosh is it actually Purgles and I've been saying mm -hmm. the Purgle the wrong time the wrong, the wrong, this entire time so yeah. No there's just a lot going on <laughs> well you know, be fair. <laughs> yeah it's so funny that she wants to open up fire on them I feel like that's so much of their <laughs> first instinct with wildlife is like just shoot it. That happened so many times mm -hmm. this season. Well not so many like yeah. three yeah 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 it's a shame that that was her first instinct i mean i understand why but at the same time you know i i was more along the lines of keenan where he said you know just let them do what they do <laughs> yeah yeah so hera they're freaking out because the pergil are kind of bumping and grinding and hmm. doing their thing and okay. so the ezra suggests that <laughs> they should maybe fly in the same direction as the pergil instead of toward the purgle and that works it was also just funny visually because you expect there to be like a whole swarm or pod of them yeah. and it's just maybe just a few so it's like you mm -hmm. could just go up or down yeah <laughs> um let me ask how do how do you all feel about the purgle design Oh, personally, I love it. I, I mean, I love the, I know people are kind of tired of the tentacles theme mm -hmm. or imagery mm -hmm. in, in Star Wars, but I, I love the combination of the whale and then the, uh, the octopus yeah. uh, tentacle thing action. 
Uh, and then the, the colors as well. I really like their purple, yellow, blue, greenish colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like it. And yeah, it's funny. I To me, everything having tentacles isn't... I mean, that's like if, you know, a, someone in space created a show about Earth and they put tails on everything that's in the ocean. They're like, why does everything in the ocean have a tail? I'm like, well, that's sometimes how evolution <laughs> works. Like, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I've got no problem with them. And I think, you know, the... I, I think they're they're cool i'm not gonna say i think this episode's cool but i think the purple is <laughs> a cool design yeah this episode gives me complex feelings that I, I feel like we're gonna have to unpack at one point but i don't know if i'm ready yet <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> well i'll say so we've we've talked about this a couple times and i think this goes to my point of that rebels is better when it is binged um in my opinion yeah I oh, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, because I hated this episode when it first came on. Like, yeah, despised this episode. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it was like a punchline for so long that I was like, "Oh, space whales!" I get why, why some people don't like rebels because of space whales. <laughs> but it's like when that's because I'm watching it week to week, and then you see this kind of seemingly standalone episode about like some tentacled whales that fly in space for some reason. And like, I just want to get back to Ahsoka and get back to Vader and all the interesting stuff that I like more. And so I have to wait that excruciating week to see yeah. if something else is going to happen next week. Or I already waited an excruciating week to get this whale episode. And I'm like, I hate this. But now if I'm binging it, you know, it's, you just knock it down. It's like, okay, cool. Space whales. I get it. I get where it fits in the picture on to the next one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think this episode why we put up the spoiler walls this episode in context becomes better to me because yeah, i see it as a, thing. a necessary piece of the not necessary but uh, a piece of a, a larger puzzle and mm -hmm. because yeah at first i didn't like it because it just felt like a one-off episode that was because i'm not a big fan of the one-offs like droids in distress like just this one-off <laughs> episode yeah. that doesn't really add anything um, but I think the fact that they tied it in, you know, or, or like, here's an example of an episode that didn't, that introduced something new and didn't do anything with it is when we see, um, Anyo, Ketsu Anyo, she yeah. doesn't do much for anything, for any character or contribute much in the end. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just saw her as like someone who could potentially become part of the rebel alliance and uh, she could pop up in another story down the line like in force the forces of destiny where she popped up a few times there so yeah mm. I, don't, I don't see her having contributed much to the story in rebels but she does have potential to contribute somewhere else yeah. and in a separate story yeah totally waiting to be seen waiting to be seen yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I originally loved this episode because oh, of Ezra reasons, obviously. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I really adored the the whole deep connection he had, and and, and we'll talk about that more. But yeah, I yeah, I, I anything that had to do with Ezra and Ezra inquiring and being curious is something that appealed to me because everyone was about. The fuel, the fuel, the fuel, but he was like the purgle, the purgle, the purgle. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a totally a good point. Um, I like that. And that's more in context too, because then you see, like, I know more about Ezra's character because 
at this point, he's just kind of not being annoying Ezra, like just kind of <laughs> starting to not do that. So I'm like a little tentative, but now that I know where Ezra's full arc, I'm like, okay, that's really cool. Like seed that's going to be blossoming into something beautiful later. Oh, well, but. um, also speaking of context, I really liked your point, Mike, about how it fits into the picture. I think we're all in a safe space where I think we all enjoyed the finale of rebels and maybe we'll get into it a little deeper later, but there's a, there's a very distinct point in the show where I was just kind of the climax happens and I'm just speechless and I'm just kind of processing what happened. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is effing space whales. (laughs) And I was like in my head, I'm like, dang it. Now I like space whales. Gosh, dang it. (laughs) Masterfully done. Like a a really good example of writing. Well, do you know what it feels like? Um, I, I feel like I I make one Harry Potter reference per, (laughs) per episode just because I have a equal love. Harry Potter reference. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. I have an equal love for that. Uh, Well, I like Star Wars better, but I like Harry Potter a lot. Uh, but I feel like space whales are kind of like Dobby, like the, there are these <laughs> similar characters who were introduced and played a minor role in helping the main character achieve something in like the mini arc of a book or an episode. Um, and then kind of popped up, but didn't do anything significant, but do something significant and make a large impact by the end and redeem the character in ways where people, you know, a lot of people who didn't like Dobby or it was silly mm-hmm. or unnecessary but made a really big impact and i don't know so i see them as like the dobby yeah. of <laughs> of rebels yeah 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 so <laughs> that's a great say, comparison yeah. so is sibo we've got two dobbies oh, Star Wars. That, well he's the literal dobby oh <laughs> just like him i really wanted to know what happened to him afterward yeah we we're trying to think about that we did a deep yeah, dive we on couldn't figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. the bridgers and he kind of just pieces out we're like wait did he die no, no, what happened to him? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, through the force, Ezra senses that the Purgle are trying to connect in some way. He doesn't really know what, what's up, but Hera is dismissive. She regards the Purgle as big lumbering menace that block hyperspace travel. Sure. This is part of why she's frustrated. Um, sure, she wh- says that they're whales are tight. awful. They, they, I'm, well, I'm trying to jet ski there in the way. Let's kill them all. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you live right on the Pacific Ocean, too, so you're very aware of the menace oh, of whales killing whales. people every single day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so that's part of it. So she says there's these legends where, you know, people were inspired for hyperspace travel by these majestic creatures, but really they block hyperspace routes and ships crash into them as they're going through hyperspace and she has lost more than one friend i never imagined there were creatures in deep space when i was young i was told amazing stories of creatures that lived in the stars traveled between the worlds old pilots said it was the pergil who inspired us to jump from system to system but i don't believe it the pergil are dangerous they wander into hyperspace lanes crash into ships i've lost more than one friend that way well, maybe they don't realize they're putting people in danger. Uh, maybe it's like Kanan says, you know, they just do what they do. That is so silly. <laughs> to me, that's so silly because that's like, I I think you could argue that Purgles potentially, like if I was a writer for Star Wars, I would totally go into like, Purgles helped like create hyperspace lanes. They like cleared paths for others. It's like 
walking down a deer mm-hmm. trail and seeing a deer on it and being like, dude, why are you on this man-made path? Like, <laughs> get out of the way. Like, potentially, yeah. Purgles created these hyperspace. They're the, fir- they're the first people, first beings to use mm-hmm. them, right? So they're theirs first. Yep. Yeah, I just think, she, yeah, maybe she's not being very sensitive to the plight of nature. That's- which I'm is, thinking. I mean, I get it. Like, if you have like a sick ATV path and all these deer are just jumping out in the middle of it, and all your friends are dying and tumbling down the cliff, then maybe you'd be a little resentful. But I do not agree with Hera. Yeah. I get her hurt, but I do not agree. I'm sorry, Mom Hera. I love you so much, but I can't be on your side <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, as they are discussing this, two yellow Tie Fighters streak out from the sky and start strafing the ghost and the pergil. Um yeah, weird. first of all, how do you all feel about these tie fighters? They're yellow. The modified tie fighters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just shows that the mining guilds were were okay with joining up with the empire and the mm-hmm. empire giving them resources. So when, you know, certain mining guild people start <laughs> dying i'm not all that sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i was watching with my wife and like at a certain point like she was like wait ezra cares so much about these whales but she's killing so many of these people (laughs) and i was like well fair but the whales aren't shooting at them and like in league with the empire so i think that's okay (laughs) yeah also they're not innocent beings yeah Mm -hmm. totally um, and I think that's that's the point. So you mentioned it. They're um, part of the mining guild, which was mentioned in Empire Strikes Back. Um, and we we see a lot of these kind of like, what are they called? Like consumer. It's like the corporation, like all the corporations and like the prequels that are like set all the up. unions. It's like, yeah, like the techno union and. We've we've named a bunch of them. I'm having I'm 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 forgetting the name right now. But those a lot of those were absorbed by the empire. So you know all their resources went to build up the empire. But a couple of them were able to remain independent, but in league with the empire. So this, that's what this Tie Fighter is trying to signify. Is exactly what Jonah Marie was saying. Like they're not technically part of the empire, but because they supply fuel for the empire and they're partners with the empire, the empire will give them weapons and ships to defend themselves. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting touch. And I, I, I thought these TIE fighters looked actually pretty cool. They have that little notch taken out of the like panel on the side. So they're not like a full circle on each solar panel. Um, and they said that that increases visibility. So that's a big problem with TIE fighters is you can't see out of your peripheral vision in a mm-hmm. TIE fighter. So they take out those notches. But because of that, these fighters are actually pretty bad at fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, seems to be like a an issue because they can they can kind of go in a straight line, but they can't turn as quickly as a Tie Fighter. So you know, if you just kind of want to go forward and shoot things, then you're fine. But if you have to get in a dogfight, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, and I think that's what mm-hmm. they they just wanted them for. At least in this situation, they were mm-hmm. after the Purgle, and it it actually clicked with me having watched it again for this episode, where it it didn't register the first time that they were sent to attack the Purgle and to stop them from coming back. Yeah. Like they weren't out there to to attack the ghost because they saw the ghost. It was just that they were attacking the Purgle and the ghost just happened to be there. Totally. Yeah. And you even see it like it's not that that was an interesting thing is, you know, they get cornered at one point and it's like, 
all right, thieves. Like they don't even think that it's like usually be like, right, give up rebels. Like they're, they're probably not even part of this conflict. They don't care. They deal with probably like two bit gas thieves that are just like trying to just grab their gas and run and Portgill. So it's like, do they really need big badass weapons to take care of that? They're not really expecting like some insurgency to come and blow up their refinery. <laughs> I also liked the I liked the yellow color at first. I was like, "Oh, they got Sabine's Tie Fighter from season one." <laughs> That's what I thought too. That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of like I like how they're branching out a little bit. They got the yellow Tie Fighters. We were just introduced to a red Tie Interceptor, which is pretty dope in uh, mm-hmm. Resistance. Um, so I like. That. Oh yeah, yeah. So they destroy the Tie Fighters. They reroute power to a bunch of things again. Well, we're not going to go down that path. Um, <laughs> and they destroy them. And because they're able to, that Sabine calculates where the TIE Fighters came from, which indicates because they're a mining guild, that there might be gas at the origin point. So they follow that begrudgingly to Hera. That is the same path that the Purgil are taking. So they are going to be connected a little bit longer. I love Kanan's. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's really like hamming it up this episode. I love it. They're turning around. I, I think we should follow them. Following them is the last thing we should do. Sabine, did you find out where the fighters came from yet? I did. Good. What's our heading? Follow the Pergil. What? Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but the Pergil are heading right where I calculated those fighters came from. That's so interesting. I guess for now, we follow the Pergil. Hey, for what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. I love how he was so very a new Don Kanan, where uh-huh. he was just a, such a jerk. <laughs> and, yeah. and Hera's just, just not liking it at all. And at mm. one point, she just turns off his calm just to shut him <laughs> up. I thought it was hilarious. I know. I feel like it's just like dorky dad Kanan. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, he's not. They, he's like... Not- He's not really in like the, the, he's not, he has two modes. He has Jedi mode. Yeah. And then he has like average space dad mode. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like all for my favorite Kanan thing ever is that like, this is my excited face. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the best, like dorky dad Kanan moment of all time. <laughs> uh, so as they're going, they, they have to. Hera sends everyone out, but her and Ezra have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. She talks about her animosity toward the Purgo, um, and she thinks that they are doing more harm than people think, but Ezra says they are unaware of the harm they are causing. Um, so this is where she kind of lays out the fact that it's a tale that Purgil showed men how to do hyperspace travel, which is interesting to me. I think that's actually a really cool mechanic yeah. that they're adding into this. I feel like we need to do a deep dive on hyperspace now. I was looking into it and it's very complicated. I don't think we can get to it in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's we uh, should attach it to the we'll do a deep dive on it. I think we have to. Yeah. I just have here's one sentence that I was like, we're gonna need to unpack at one point. Hyperdrives manipulated hypermatter particles in order to thrust a hyper starship into hyperspace by taking advantage of the wrinkles in the fabric of real space whilst preserving the ship's mass energy profile do you know <laughs> I just you love got, the, the amount of that. hyperspace the <laughs> yeah. hyper that you that was in that sentence sort of reminds me of ant-man and the wasp where ant-man <laughs> says you know did you do you guys just add uh 
um oh shoot what was the quantum. word quantum to yeah. everything yeah. <laughs> so good totally that was really good <laughs> um but yeah so we'll get to that later they follow the pergo to the gas refinery and the ghost computers pick up an energy source on an unidentified planetoid ahead and that is where we see it also very briefly i love that ezra said for what it's worth i have a good feeling about this <laughs> yeah and I it's just that. like the first time anyone has ever expressed that in star wars <laughs> at least to my knowledge <laughs> it's the first time anyone's ever had a good feeling yeah. <laughs> hmm. interesting i wonder if that's true yeah. I, I think so. I yeah. mean, I don't think, I think everyone just says I have a bad feeling about this because it's such a traditional thing to say. Um, I, I don't think I've ever heard I have a good feeling about this. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, there might be a prequel reference, but I can't place it. The only other place I can place is in Solo. So that was oh, canonically maybe. after this as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Maybe same time. Or As before, actually. Before, yeah. Before, Han might before. be younger. Yeah. Yeah. This, is about, yeah. this is about three or four years away from... Okay. So, release date after. Canonical. Release date after. So, one yeah. person has had a, ba- had a good feeling about something before <laughs> Ezra. One person <laughs> in the entire galaxy. <laughs> Sounds about right. Did you also notice, so they do this thing where, because they're, they're low on fuel again, um, so... It's like they have to do a controlled burst to make it from their point to the refinery and kind of hide out. So it's like they do a countdown. It's like, all right, three, two, one. And then Sabine press a button. It's like, and then they stop. Um, there's a button right where she presses that's in the shape of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah. I don't know if that's like an Easter egg or just like a coincidence, but it looks know. just like the Millennium Falcon. It kind of pops up at the end panel. too when they're fueling. Yeah. Shows how much I pay attention to the controls. <laughs> I always think they're just like there for, <laughs> for yeah. blinking and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Just like boop, boop, boop. It's like, uh, there's a show I was just watching yesterday, The Haunting of Hill House. And like one of the characters is a writer and you see him writing his book. And it's like one of those like deep like voiceovers. It's like, I am home. And he's typing on his computer. You can just tell he's just like smashing the keyboard, like not typing any words. <laughs> <laughs> if you actually look at his finger, you're just like, that's just garbage. You're not doing anything. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're going over the plan and they're trying to figure it out. But Ke- but Ezra is distracted by the pergil. He notices out the window that they're kind of swooping in and out of this cloud of gas that is on the asteroid um, while being shot at by turrets that are on the platforms. So he's not really paying attention yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're just such majestic beasts. I um, I love that fog, too. I think the fog is a cool touch. Anytime I see fog, it reminds mm-hmm. me of Silent Hill, that video game. Oh. Also, also yeah. I, live in a, I live in a very foggy area, and every time I walk outside yeah. and it's got that fog in my, in my head, I, I go, why isn't the map loading? <laughs> like, like it's a video game. Like, what's, what's, what's up with this? Yeah, that's good. And you don't get rejuvenated whenever you walk through it like no, the purple? No, I wish. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, do you know, I kind of do. I kind of do. I love the mist. Love the mist and fog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I, I really like this kind of setup where so it's an asteroid with craters. The gas is inside the craters and then the refinery is on the asteroid 
on the lip of the crater and they're kind of sucking the gas up and refining it. And so the pergol are swimming into this like pool of this gas. This gas is called Clauson 36. Um, and it's like a purple. It's just, I don't know, just cool. Like I, I like this set piece very much. Yeah. Yeah. I like that she called it a planetoid. Yeah. Like, oh, cool science term. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, I mean, I don't know if maybe you know the distinction, but I think that kind of goes to what a, they have uh, the atmosphere on it's big enough to have a little bit of an atmosphere so you notice all the all of our crew needs to go out and they're wearing these masks but they don't have oxygen tanks attached to them kind of like how um han and Chewie didn't really have oxygen tanks when they went out into the worm's mouth oh that's right yeah um so there's like a thin atmosphere it just kind of has to get filtered for pollutants but it's noticeable that uh rodians all the people manning the mining rig are rodians except for the boss and the rodians can evidently breathe in this atmosphere um without any mm. also, effects from the gas also as you know I, I reference any imperial or rebel who's face you don't see as a half shield we have some half shield rodians here yeah totally <laughs> so yeah, they all have the half nice. shield i kind of always appreciate when i see like rodians and stuff like that because i feel like in some parts of star wars it's it's becoming more rare especially with the new trilogy like just the og aliens so i don't know it just kind of made me like happy to just see like a bunch of rodians doing stuff yeah not that i don't like the new aliens um i like them too but back you know, pedal, i back a soft spot for the ogs <laughs> what i said backpedal backpedal <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i sorry i like all people i like I'm not racist um <laughs> So, meanwhile, the mining guild refinery boss, his name's Yushin. I don't know how to say it. I don't think they ever say it in the episode, but it's Y-U-S-H-Y-N. So, Yushin. Hmm. Um, he complains about the Purgil to one of his Rodian subordinates and orders the cannons to kill any that approach. He wants them dead. Um, hey, guess what? Fun fact. This alien's based on a Ralph McQuarrie painting. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's a drawing, a Ralph McQuarrie drawing of a bounty hunter that was never used. All right, there we go. One more. It's kind of freaky. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. freaky looking. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hairy. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like Alf kind of, with a little bit of a spider spider face, but like hair. I don't know. It's really weird <laughs> design. I don't. I, mm. it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I actually visualized that. I thought of Alf with <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hair. <laughs> I need to, um, yeah, I need to look at that again. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but back on the coast, they're preparing to jump, and they don their helmets. And Kanan's in for a little surprise because he let Sabine take a look at it. She said she looked at it and didn't like it, so she changed it. She painted. This loaf cat design yeah. on, uh, <laughs> on Kanan's helmet, yeah, Got him. <laughs> which is like cool. I like that that touch, but it's also funny because like they actually use that for stealth missions, and now they can't they can't pretend to be a stormtrooper until they get another helmet. So it's just kind of <laughs> all right. Thanks, I mean, yeah, <laughs> really messed up the gear there. Yeah, um, so they're like, all right, and we're we're getting ready and because Ezra was distracted he's like wait how are we getting down yeah <laughs> <laughs> does she ever listen we're jumping and like, okay and so 
Kanan and Ezra jump just like badass free fall Tom Cruise style. Um, and I love that Sabine is riding on Chopper. Yeah, yeah, basically. She doesn't have her jetpack at this point. I know, it's great. <laughs> but I love that Keen, um, I love that Ezra, when he was jumping off, he was still kind of wobbly and not yeah. as, and you know, doing it in a finesse way. Totally. As Kanan and Sabine, like who've done it probably a million other times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think the mechanics of this. No, I just say Go this ahead. is. It just seems like an interesting tactic. Just, just. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. Seems seems dangerous. Seems a little too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that it's. Um, I actually like it, and I think it was directed really well, and I think it's kind of cool. But I think it's cool because like they don't call it out. Like, have you seen the trailer for Aquaman? Yes. There's like a scene in there where they jump out like Aquaman and Amber Heard, whatever her character's name is, like jump out of a plane without a parachute. That's right. Yeah. And like a guy's like, wait, the parachute. And he's like, God love redheads. And he like jumps out and there's like metal music behind it. And it's like, <laughs> look at these badasses don't need parachutes. It's like, okay, that makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. But like, this is just like, they're like, yeah, we're just doing Jedi stuff. Just business as usual. Bye. And they just jump out and it's just like, cool. <laughs> Um, and then Ezra has a moment with a space whale as he's that's jumping right. out. Yeah. And he like reach, reaches towards it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd do that in fairness if the like, if I was like swimming and a whale came by. Yeah. Well, this Hi. is basically space free diving. Yeah, totally. Um, and so the mechanics of this aren't super clear, but basically Kanan, it looks like he does like a little force push to cushion his fall. And then that deadens the impact so he can kind of land on this platform and roll and so Ezra's trying to do it and I'm guessing he's just miscalculated how far he has to jump or something like that so he can't reach what he needs to push off of but it makes it seem like his force push just doesn't didn't work like yeah I just like lost his powers for a second yeah it's a bit yeah the first time I thought I I thought it was something that the Mm pearl did yeah Thought, oh my god maybe they maybe they take away their their <laughs> abilities yeah. for like a temporary amount of time <laughs> yeah it'd be so freaky if you're like free falling and all of a sudden your force doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, spider-man 2 where like his webs just don't work for some reason he's like and it just doesn't you can't web anything anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean but if you think about it it wasn't that dangerous because he was missing the platform and missing the asteroid so if he kept falling he would just come out of atmosphere into space or because well i think you or was the gravity the asteroid i think he would have he would have just because i think he was on track to fall into the crater so he oh, okay. yeah he would fall on into the bottom the... of the crater yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> with the gas yeah but uh, luckily Kanan catches him with the force and brings him up and gives him a little lecture and then you know as returns around and force pushes someone off the bridge so his force works yeah. and he instantly kills someone also impressive move by Kanan that's quite a bit of uh mm-hmm. to be able to force grab someone who's falling at that speed and pull them back totally that's impressive yeah He's got that dad strength, like when your kid is like trapped under a car and you can lift a car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, did you notice there's a Wilhelm scream when he pushes the roadie off <laughs> yeah. the platform? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I haven't heard those. Have they been included in anything recently in, in terms of Star Wars? Yeah, I, I feel like they drop, they try to drop one in 
like everything but they're they're getting more subtle and i don't yeah yeah i think they're using something different too there was definitely one last season i don't remember what it was Mm. um but yeah we'll get back we'll do a deep dive on wilhelm screams (laughs) (laughs) Mm. um so this leads to a big old fight because their stealth mission has just been blown because the turret gunner was the guy who got pushed off. He started firing at them. They made a big ruckus and now people are coming out to fight. Um, so Ezra gets behind that turret and is giving them cover. Yeah. And I like that there was that one point where Sabine was supposed to blow up the gas. Mm-hmm. And Ezra basically just like slaps the detonators <laughs> off of her hand. Yeah, yeah, that's but a little point where he's like, <laughs> "That is dangerous." Why are you? Why are you blowing up the gas? It's like <laughs> you didn't listen to anything, did you? No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is totally dangerous. And I didn't think about like I feel like this is more of like the mechanics and the space physics that I'm like that's questionable because they're right above that gas. If they put a detonator in there and blew it up. It would blow up like everything on that crater. Yeah. <laughs> so he could have he he was essentially saving everyone's lives. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then later in the episode they blow up the refinery, which probably would have ignited that gas too. So all oh, this is yeah. very like all of this is very weird, but whatever. <laughs> the force. <laughs> yeah, the force. The for- they would have had a force force field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hyperspace force force field. Um, so they have to change the plan on the fly. Um, I like Zeb's little quip. He's like, I forgot exactly what he says, but it's like, next time we should just plan on the plan changing. (laughs) (laughs) And which is, which is funny because that's essentially what happens in the final episode. You know, Mm -hmm. Ezra didn't tell anyone about this and and Hera and Sabine are like, well, is this the plan? What's happening? (laughs) And you just have to plan on the plan changing. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I like that. Um, so it's now just a big fight. Ezra is giving them cover from that turret and they're kind of pinned down, but he's distracted again. And while he gets distracted, one of the Rodian gunners is able to kind of blow up his turret and knock him off the platform. So he tumbles down into the crater to his death. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can you imagine? That's it. The end. Yep. I, I don't know if I would have lasted much longer with this series. <laughs> I would not yeah. be here, you guys. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a quick moment before he got blasted off where Kanan, uh, where he was trying to communicate with Kanan about, you know, oh, the Purgles are like... Uh, you know, we need to pay attention to them. Like they're they 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 need this gas, and Kanan is kind mm-hmm. of dismissive, and he says, uh, "I believe I need more cover power." And I was like, hmm, "I don't think that's a I think that wasn't super clever, Kanan. Come on." Um, <laughs> I feel, but I feel like bad I feel, dad joke. Yeah, it was a dad joke. He's super dads it up on this episode, and I feel like yeah. Zeb is the one with the most successful, clever kind of quips because he has a great one at the end which i'll yeah totally because right here they go where did ezra go we need to find ezra (laughs) (laughs) i know they don't seem that concerned either like where did ezra go yeah and then all right let's get more gas (laughs) and then we're like ezra's down we gotta go and i'm just like wait are you just gonna leave ezra behind (laughs) what's going on (laughs) yeah um that's what he gets for bringing up those stupid whales all the time he's getting on my nerves (laughs) 
Uh, this is. Uh, can I bring up like a very nitpicky thing that probably speaks to my issues more than anything with the show? No. Mm-hmm. So oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm very. Con- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonah Marie. Um, so I'm very confused about the turrets firing yellow blaster bolts. Oh yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't make sense. So, uh, based on what we know about how blasters operate. Yeah, well, I was actually I, I ended up hitting up um, Leland Yee and Max Martin on Twitter, part of the story group. Um, not like we're friends or anything, but they're really cool about answering questions every once in a while. But um, I asked them that because we were led to believe in a bunch of things that the reason that the blaster bolts are different colors are because they do different things. So like the blue bat blaster bolts are charged with ion gas. So they're good at taking out droids and, and ships and things like that. That's why we see them a lot in the clone wars with the clones fighting against the droids. Mm-hmm. Um, the red ones are made out of cheaper gas. So that's why the rebellion uses it because they can't afford the good gas and then green lasers are expensive gas. So that's why the empire has it. Interesting. Um, and then we've also seen yellow bolts before, but that's like low energy, like these in training, like the target trainers and stuff like that. So that stuff's all canonical. The, the, well, that's the thing that's confusing is he said that there's no link between the color having a function. So the fact that like the red bolts are cheap is true. The green ones are expensive is true, but the blue ones being good for ion and yellow being like, I guess after that, like the color can just be like decorative, I guess, at this point. And for some reason that doesn't fit in my like order. Like I need everything to be ordered in a specific way or as it really frustrates me. I'm like, wait, no, there has to be a rhyme or reason to this. What do the colors mean? What is wrong with the show? But it's, <laughs> I think it's just me. Hmm. Yeah. It didn't seem like the, like even when it hit the purgle, it was more of like an electric bolt. Mm-hmm. So maybe my theory Maybe they have to use low-powered blaster bolts because it would ignite the gas. And that's why they can't just kill the Purgle because they can't bring the big green lasers in and uh, just shoot them in the head. Mm, that is a great theory. Okay, good. Things make more sense now. Yes, that I does make more night. sense. <laughs> you can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good question though. I don't think it's nitpicky. I think yeah. it's just consistency. For consistency. Yeah, yeah. Consistency can solve so much in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even like the, like the lightsabers can just be like, I don't need the lightsabers to have different functions because of different colors and stuff. It's like, but it has a reason, you know, like a blue crystal makes a blue lightsaber blade. Like, okay, cool. That makes sense. I just like want to know more about these little weird nuances of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we uh, we awaken with Ezra in the bottom of this crater. He's having trouble breathing because his helmet has been knocked off. Starting to gas for air a little bit. So I think there's a thin atmosphere. Maybe he's being poisoned by the gas. We don't really know. But he awakens on top of a pergo. <laughs> um, not only does he awaken on top of a pergo, but do you know what this pergo is called? Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? The Purgil King. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he, now, does he call himself that? Do other Purgils call himself yeah. that? You could call me the Purgil King. Who refers to the Purgil King as such? How does That's, this... It's in the script. Okay, the Purgil sure. King. All right. <laughs> Lord um, of Eagles. 
Yeah, we see we see him before. So he, yeah. he was the one that they're like, oh, look at that one. He's bigger than everyone else. So he's bigger than all the other Pergel. Um, and once, so that's another cool thing is when we first see the Pergel, they're gray. Um, but as they swoop in through this gas, they get their eyes kind of get energized and then they turn like these vibrant blues and kind of pinkishes and yellows and stuff like that. Um, which I think is a cool touch and goes to what we learn later about them surviving off of this gas. So yeah. as they kind of run out of oxygen in their sense, they, cause they use it to breathe. Um, they kind of get drained of color. Mm. And so he's a little bigger than everyone, a little more vibrant. Um, just, you know, kind of the little peacock of the, the little pod there. <laughs> um, but Ezra kind of slips down and, stares right in the Purgle King's eye and they make a connection. Yeah, I think this is a good scene that I understand why you need dialogue here, that you need it for, because it's a kid's show. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I, 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 so I'm not complaining about the dialogue, but as an yeah. older viewer, um, it would have been more successful for me if there was no dialogue and it was just this kind of connection that we can infer what's going on here. But I understand we're watching a kid's show where we need to spell things out a little bit. Like, I understand you, you understand me. I, you know what I mean? But uh, mm -hmm. it would have been, I think, super successful if there was just no dialogue at all. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. And then, yeah, it would have been, it would have been more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's still good. Um, and it's a kid show. That's why, but <laughs> totally. Um, and then he takes some part of his body. I don't know what part of body, his body that is and picks up the helmet and hands it. To <laughs> it's a tentacle. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you, and what, what do you mean? You don't know what? No, body. I thought like maybe it was like a little whale finger. Like, no. <laughs> here you go, buddy. You know what that well, is. <laughs> well, face. because the tentacle, like. <laughs> That's what was weird to me is like he does. They don't seem to have that much dexterity with the tentacles ever, mm -hmm. except okay. for this one case where he just like finally picks up this little tiny helmet. And is like, here you go, buddy. And like hands it to him. Well, when they grab Thrawn in the end, it's sort of. Yeah. There's some grabbing okay. action there. Fair. <laughs> All right. There's a spoiler wall. Space whales kill Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know that actually, do we? Well, no, we don't. Thrawn's, we don't. Yeah, Thrawn. yeah, Thrawn's alive. Yeah, as yeah. far as we know, Thrawn's still alive. Yeah. But yeah, that far they as we do, know, Ezra's um, still alive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think at least. Um, where is Ezra? I like want to get to the fourth season. Where is Ezra? Yes, that's the question. <laughs> that's the big question. Mike. I know. Sorry, I know it's the big question. I know it's cliche, but I'm just, I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think so. There is a differentiation that. Um, Pablo Hidalgo made in Rebels Recon because they've used the terms uh, wild space and the unknown regions. And I forgot which one is which. I think... Unknown regions are further described... than wild space. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was saying that like wild space is kind of like we know the borders. Like we know where wild space is um, but yeah. we don't know what's inside of it. So it's like a big thick forest that no one's ever explored. Uh, you kind of know where the edges of the forest are but you, you don't know what's inside of it. Um, the unknown regions are just like no one knows what's out there like there's the universe ends and then there's the unknown regions um, 
And so I wonder if, especially that being brought up in connection with this episode and how the finale ends with, let's just say it because we put up this spoiler wall, that Ezra uses his connection with the Pergil to basically have them come and grab the Star Destroyer with him and Thrawn on it. All of his friends escape, but then the Pergil jet off into hyperspace to somewhere unknown, some Pergil land somewhere. So my theory is that what if they're just chilling somewhere in unknown space? Which I think yeah. is not that like groundbreaking of a theory. Um, but I think that'd be really cool to explore. Yeah, there was one, um, there was some wording that Hera used at some point when describing the Purgle when she says that they, they travel from planet to planet. Yeah. And, you know, it just brought to mind the fact that they entered hyperspace in a, in the planet's atmosphere mm. and i can see them going into another planet's atmosphere yeah. um as being their destination totally. in between though they're exposed to space so i or some part of space so i i thought you know with ezra doing his cool move at the end uh with uh, <laughs> floating the bits of of glass everywhere like he was using that as like some sort of force protective bubble like oh, yeah. like uh kanan was on top of the fuel pod totally so uh I, I can see that being a thing and maybe they travel faster than the ordinary ship so it might have been just instant mm -hmm. so who knows uh who knows where they are <laughs> whether yeah. in space out there or in, yeah. on another in another planet's atmosphere totally this is my genuine wish for the ending is that the purgle takes thrawn they go to unknown space thrawn comes back and then it turns into space moby dick like legitimately thrawn <laughs> becomes captain ahab and is obsessed with finding his great white whale the purgle king and he dedicates his life to tracking it down and killing it and it never happens and it's just like this tragic story that's what i want it to be <laughs> i want it to be like this really oh, deep dark. star wars story yeah it's, it would be amazing <laughs> see i'm that hoping be, yeah. like i'm sure y'all have seen like she won the um of the thrawn comic on that marvel yeah. came mm -hmm. well that's just the so that's just the adaptation of the book yeah totally yeah. and so they kind of draw like the cover is thrawn before he was kind of brought into the empire he when was, he was Mithron Rudu. Yeah. yeah. He, he was out yeah. in like the wilderness with long hair and kind of like a survivalist kind of thing. So in my mind, I thought it'd be cool if, you know, one day somehow they, Ahsoka and Sabine track down Ezra in wild space and they find like Ezra and Thrawn somewhere on some desolate planet like having to survive and they both have like big beards and have to like, and long hair yeah long hair and like have to like uh, have an uneasy alliance to keep themselves together and it's like a jumanji where they bring ezra back and he's like what year is it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah right. i like that too <laughs> all right yeah um all right so back to the episode um the crew of the ghost, they are pinned down now by a couple TIE fighters and Yushrin and his guards, and he issues an ultimatum ultimatum telling the thieves to surrender. But Ezra contacts Kanan and says, Don't worry, we're on our way. 
And then the heavy metal music starts. It's like, and they come. I wish I saw this episode. Where did you guys see that? Well, then the best line of the episode happens when Zeb says, found Ezra. Yeah. Yeah, Zeb was awesome with that line. Yeah, I love that. It's like a thing that I do and I'm sure annoys everyone that I know, but like if anyone ever drops something, there's like a big loud commotion and like clatters everywhere. I always go, drop something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, that's totally what Zeb did. He's like, found Ezra. And there um, was also that cool Kanan flip. He did that flip oh, on yeah. the ghost. And I, I thought, oh my God. I slow mode that. Mm-hmm. Did you? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, that was unnecessary, but pretty cool yeah 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 <laughs> it was sort of like the legolas when he was <laughs> on the horse and he, yeah. t- he totally yeah. did it the other way oh that my god that is expect. such a that was so mm-hmm. cool great moment <laughs> yeah totally um he would have gotten so many points in tony hawk pro skater for that one <laughs> um so ezra's riding on the pergo and kind of deflecting bolts with the lightsaber he cuts off a tie fighter's wing on the back of the pergo which is tight um and then they just wreck shop these whales just kind of go to town and that frees up the ghost they're able to finish refueling and they are back in business so the ghost goes up and starts wrecking shop um it's just over for this these refinery guys um (laughs) and then i like this little touch where Yushin, the boss, is like, I'll go get a turret. I'll I'll cover you. But <laughs> yeah, <he's> right. <laughs> cornered by two Pergo. <laughs> but he was like totally escaping. I'm not yeah. gonna cover you at all. <laughs> I know, totally. You're right. But I like how they're just like they obviously hold a grudge. They're like, Oh, I got you. And one of the Pergo just grabs this dude and just drags him to his death. Yeah. Well, yeah. does he my question here is is he going to eat him? Because Pergol I don't know if they're carnivores <laughs> or herbivores, but they have teeth, like pretty sharp yeah. looking teeth, which implies maybe they're carnivores. I'm like, oh, that could just be dinner. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it tastes kind of, it tastes better within the gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have no idea what they yeah. eat. It might be a deep dive there. Well, they yeah. said, they say they feed off the gas. That doesn't mean that's all they feed off the gas. Maybe they just want a side of your So why do they have teeth gas? then? Like whales on our planet don't have teeth. Because of the know. force? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there it is. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Some whales have, like killer whales have teeth, but they also kill. Yeah. They also are carnivores. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I just love the, the fact that, you know, they, they took down this oil refinery boss guy and mm-hmm. it just, it brought to mind what they sort of did with Thrawn. I mean, yeah, they didn't kill him or eat him, but but it just it, the 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 parallel there. It's like the the, yeah. the at the time when we first saw this episode, we thought that was pretty cool, but it just it, it was sort of like a foreshadow if you think of it. Yeah. Um of of what would happen to Thrawn eventually. Totally. And I just like to say that I know that killer whales aren't whales, they're porpoises, so get off Oh, of that. nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't at me, whale nerds. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's the end. They blow up the refinery, um, which, again, should have ignited the entire planet and killed the Purgle's food supply. But it doesn't. And they go off into space. And <laughs> this is kind of like a more funky physics, but whatever, again. Um, 
Canaan, they're flying in deep space now. They're away from the asteroid, and Canaan is still on top of the ghost with his helmet on, just like cruising on top of it. And then Ezra pulls up next to them on the back of a pergol. Again, just has the helmet on, no other protection. And then Ezra jumps from one pergol to the ghost which there should be no gravity. So maybe there's a funky force thing going on there. Yeah, there was a force because I remember hearing the sound, like the force sound that they use. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I'm not, a, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm a defender of like space Mary Poppins. So like, I'm not going to get all nitpicky about <laughs> physics in the Star Wars universe. I just thought it was kind of a funny touch. Yeah. 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 And it looks kind of cool too. Like, I just like that. It's just like standing on a ship in the middle of space. Um, but he tells Kanan that once they he made a deep connection with the Pergil, and now he tells them as a result, he knows that the crater was not their home, but they depended on the gas to survive and to travel into hyperspace. Hmm. He doesn't use the words travel into hyperspace because that isn't revealed until the very end. They are um, kind of doing the whole family portrait around the fire at the end of the episode as they look out lovingly into space and then they see these purgle power up their butts and then shoot <laughs> off into hyperspace. It looks cool. It looks cool though. It does look cool. Power up their butts. <laughs> best, best part of the episode. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. the first time I saw it, I was, I was, I looked like a kid in, <laughs> at Christmas. Like my, my jaw had fallen from the awe, the pure <laughs> awe I was experiencing. And yeah, I, I still get goosebumps in that in that scene. Totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, does anyone else have any notes that we missed? Anything you want to go back to? I have I, I have a note uh, really quick. Um, you, Peter, I was looking through your notes and mm-hmm. you didn't talk about something where you were confused about the the capitalization of pergles is that true oh well that's because i figured that out because okay. I'm, I'm a dummy because so i was gonna I was say just, i was like wait pergles their name why isn't it capitalized everywhere you read about it on wikipedia or starwars.com it's lowercase pergol yeah which is, that is just disrespectful to them but yeah no that's their species not not their yeah. name so yeah that's okay. why i, didn't I was, bring it up i was just gonna make sure <laughs> I was. Thanks, I couldn't I wait to. Get, I couldn't wait to get grammatical and tell you it was a common noun. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the chance. Dang. All right, John Marie. <laughs> what about you? A uh, few more notes. Oh, just did you? Do you guys think that they, when they went into hyperspace, when the ghost crew went into hyperspace, do you think they were riding along the the pergola? Oh, because I think, coasting. Yeah, because I think mm. uh, Hera mentioned like let's let's follow the pergola. Yeah, I think so. And. And so, yeah, I'm curious as to what that would have looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think it that's... looks like that scene in uh, Finding Nemo, where oh, yeah. <laughs> they're all cruising the current. <laughs> yeah, righteous, righteous, <laughs> righteous. <laughs> I like. Um, I noticed that too, and I just thought that was funny. It's like, let's follow the pergola, and then they take seemingly the same path, and I feel like that's like. If I was just like, oh, that's a beautiful deer. Let's follow it. And then like I end up like 50 miles away from home and lost. I'm like, oh my God, where did this deer take me? I need to go so home. True. I need to make dinner. Are people were waiting on this gas back at the fleet? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I had a mission. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, idealistic Hera. 
calm it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what if that is though? What if she didn't use like the her hyperspace engines? So they can just kind of drift on the current of the space whales. So what if that is how like early explorers technically did it? Is they were like, they were kind of like just studying them and checking them out, and then all of a sudden they shot out into hyperspace and like sucked a ship with them and that's how they're like oh we can do this Ooh, now and it out. that is cool yeah, like you that. get a, a detached from one of them you're pretty much screwed <laughs> yeah <laughs> also imagine being like the f- the first ship to enter hyperspace without a hyperspace drive and so you're like taking three light years away from where you were and you're just like oh crap oh no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna die alone <laughs> Oh no, that's I kind of wanted that origin story now. <laughs> I do I do really hope that Purgles are a like canonical part of uh hyperspace lanes though. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think that they are. Um I think this confirms that they are. Um this was made, it was confirmed that Dave Filoni made this up. He was like, "Well, I thought that it would be cool if uh you know, it was an organic thing before it was a technological thing." So um he made this up and added this to the canon and i think it's established that's cool i feel like lucas would approve of that me too yeah i I think think that would be a thing cool all right if we don't have anything else let's uh jump to the ratings Um, so, how so we, how we, oh, 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 please be my guest. <laughs> awkward. No, you can go for it. I've talked. All about right. It. Well, how we uh, end every episode is with our, our grading scale, which you know full well, John and Marie, where mm-hmm. we r- rank mm-hmm. our current favorite thing in Star Wars to our current least favorite thing in Star Wars. And we change it every season because we, uh, we say ours so much. You don't have to change yours. But uh, Peter, would you like to give an example of how that scale works? Yeah, so my current favorite thing in Star Wars is the throne room battle in The Last Jedi. More specifically, when a guard's head gets cut off and flings into the red curtains, causing a fire to burn everything down. Um, And then my least favorite thing is the 1997 hit jizz song by Sny Stoodles called Jedi Rocks. Um. And so I'm going to keep it simple between those two things. I am going to just give this episode a C3PO because um, I can find him obnoxious, but also appreciate him, um, which so that's like a C, which doesn't sound that good. But coming from where I was on this episode is a big improvement. Okay. So what, what's your what do you think, Mike? Well, um, from my favorite thing being the death of Yoda on Dagobah, just a really great poetic moment. Uh, to mm-hmm. Han Solo got his last name from an idiotic Imperial officer. <laughs> um, I am going to also go a little general and say, I'm going to give this episode just a, when we meet boss Nass at Gungan city. Um, <laughs> oh. like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I could, because I'm trying to isolate this episode and not consider the finale. Uh, which mm-hmm. this episode is a lot better in light of the finale, but not. Uh, but just thinking about this episode when I first saw it, 
for me, this is a bit harsh. I'm giving this episode a C minus. That's that that whole thing. It's just hmm. I didn't see the connection. It didn't feel Star Wars to me. Um, that's not true anymore, but that's just where I was when I first <laughs> saw it. Okay, that's fair. And maybe to for consistency, I should say my I was taking the whole context into account when I made my scale. So maybe I'll say a new uh, Phantom Menace C3PO, which is a, like a D. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> if, I'm, right. if I'm not taking it, no, that's an F. That's a straight up F. So oh, no. if I'm not taking it into context, then it's it's Phantom Menace. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I loved the episode when I first watched it. Uh, I I was on a different boat. Yeah, that's uh, right. You do you. Uh, but I I definitely loved the throne scene in the Last Jedi. So that's my current favorite thing. Nice. And then. My least favorite thing was Val dying in mm. Han Solo in the yeah. Solo movie. That's <sighs> I'm fair. Really frustrated about that, but um, I would mm, say this is more like a loth wolf walking through its little plane of space in that one episode. Well, that's that's <laughs> an that's an epic. well that's what it felt like to me when i watched the purgle jump into hyperspace and when ezra made its his deep deep connection i thought that was epic to me and i love yeah that's just just my take no (laughs) no that's awesome great i'm I'm glad to have a little positivity on the panel Yeah, I, I agree with you about the Val thing too. That was there are a couple things that I really didn't like about Solo in a movie that I generally like quite a bit. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. the Val death is kind of makes me very mad actually. Um, yeah. It's it's rough. Mm. Um it's just wasted wasted character. I'm sick of fridging. Like it's just all just like a lot of tropes that I just didn't need. And she's so good in the part and just if they're gonna kill her like that, why do they even have her in the movie? Yeah, like it's Tandy Newton. I yeah. mean, like how? How did that even happen? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like it's like they just didn't know who she was or something, and they're just like, yeah, just get this like random person on the role, and then she killed it, and they're like, oh crap, she's, re- <laughs> she's really good. We didn't expect her to be this good. <laughs> the only explanation I can have for it, because yeah. otherwise it would be stupid. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, I think that is all we have. Jonah Marie, would you like to tell the people where they can find you? What would you like to plug? Yeah. So, they can find my writings over at thewookiegunner.com. And that's mm-hmm. Wookie with two E's. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to emphasize that. Yep. And they can also chat with me and find me on social media with the handle Blue Jag Eyes. Yep. Perfect. Um, and we mentioned her podcast. Check that out. It is a fun ride. <laughs> um, you know, I get, I've been getting, I've been really remembering the two E's in the Wookiee, and then I forget there's an I too. So I'll yeah. spell it like, <laughs> oh boy, W O O K E E. I'm like, yep, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you spell it. Uh, <laughs> but 
Uh, Mike, do we have any any? We're we're gonna keep <sighs> announcements for merch yeah. and things that we have teased. We're doing that online at Twitter, and we are doing that on our bonus episode. So please tune into our bonus episodes. Yep, yep. Um, you will learn a lot and get some cool stuff. Yeah, pin drops coming soon, or by the time this episode's yeah. out, maybe out. Ooh, yeah, exciting! You're a fan of pins, Jonah Marie. Yeah, so keep an eye out. We'll just put we'll just put one aside and put it in the mail. You don't even have to worry. Oh no, no! I like to support whenever oh, I see things like that. So. That's sweet. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited to have those out there too. They are currently on their way, and once we have them in our hands, we will announce what pin we are dropping and where you can get them. Um, in the meantime, check us out at Rebels Rebels Pod on Twitter, Instagram, email at Rebels Rebels Pod. <laughs> check us out on email. Um, That's right. We're on email. Put an envelope in the mail with rebelsrebelspod.com on it and then shoot that in the mail. And then throw it at your mailman. (laughs) No, you got to attach it to a pergle and a pergle will deliver it. Yeah, rebelsrebelspod at Space Whale City, California. And just send that in the mail. Um, Cool. Um, We're missing anything. No, I think that's it. Yes. Leave us an iTunes review. Oh my God. I always want to emphasize that. Give us an iTunes review and tell us what your favorite thing is in Star Wars and what your least favorite thing in Star Wars is. We will read it on a bonus episode. Tell us how you feel about space whales. We would love to hear that too. Now I'm done. Good one. You you really nailed it. And yes. remember, until next time, to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. See ya. Oh, good one. Nice. Like a whale. That's by in space well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>